is going on, Taylor? I hope you guys enjoy that new intro uh, that we got going on there. What's going on, Taylor? Did you freeze? Are we starting the show off with you freezing? I think we did. My man. All right, guys, we're going to play the music. Uh, let me, I'm going to message Taylor, guys. This is what we have to do. Everyone from Spotify. You know, we can't, we can't do the show without technical difficulties. Make sure you like and subscribe, guys. Uh, one of our TikToks recently blew up um, about Jackson State. Today, people requested we talk about the Brett Favre situation. So we did a little digging. We'll talk about that later on in the show um, and get that situated and, and discussed. Uh, we thank you guys for showing love, man. Our YouTube videos have been popping off. They've been averaging about 100-plus views um, a video, a segment from the... the the, uh, the show here and uh, here we go get Taylor back in here guys but yeah our, our YouTube videos have been popping off so we appreciate all you guys uh, we are going to be doing street interviews uh, in the coming weeks so if you are in the North Carolina area be on the lookout you could have a chance to win a card uh, once Taylor's mic's working we'll get back into the into the show but um, we just want to thank you guys and again TikTok blew up. We gained like 30 followers just from the one post. Uh, there were some requests that we, again, we talked about the Brett Favre situation. So we will, we will be doing that later on in the show. Um, and until then, we'll we'll get into the college segment, uh, of course. All right, can you hear me? I can. I was like, man, right, cool. I was like, you know what, viewers, you can't start the booth off without some technical difficulties, man. <laughs> nah. <laughs> just so everybody knows, I am running off of one of the worst computers ever, uh, ever created. Uh, eventually, I'll get a PC so we can make this 10 times smoother. But for whatever reason, Zoom shot me a message on here that said my subscription had expired. Don't know why. It, we didn't even hit the hour, whatever. But I think I got it fixed. So there should we be go. Good. There we go. The Zoom is back at it, trying to take us down one episode at a time. Zoom's on it, my man. Yes, sir. So, um, an unfortunate news today. Uh, head coach Mike Leach uh, passed away from complications, uh, heart complications, uh, reportedly, in his hospital bed. Uh, these complications arose, uh, he said, um, I read somewhere Friday night he was fine, and then the next day, um, next couple of days, he was, was not feeling well. He's watching TV with his family, said, I need to go to the hospital. Uh, and then it became critical very quickly, and unfortunately, he has passed away. Mike Leach is a legendary <clears throat> coach uh, from Mississippi State, had a legendary career, and uh, we'll be praying for uh, his family. Obviously, this is a tough time, especially right before Christmas, um, but any time of the year to lose somebody, a father, a husband, a grandfather, uh, is definitely um, a big blow. I mean, he was a great man. Um, he is one of those coaches that have has always provided some off the wall sound bites uh, that make you just just laugh. So we're we're gonna play some here for you guys. 
We'll pull it up and uh, just take a listen and uh, enjoy this man's life. Got your coffee. Yeah. It is early. How, how do you take your coffee? What's the best way to take your coffee? Well, coffee tastes terrible anyway, so don't put anything in it to obstruct the harsh, bitter taste. And because I mean, he needs to do trust. Like I've told all my kids, I'll give you ten thousand dollars extra if you elope. So far, they haven't done it, but I would too. I'll have him call you for sure. All right. Thanks, but, coach. All right, thanks. <laughs> talked about on the broadcast how you hate candy corn what's your favorite halloween candy corn i mean i completely hate candy corn um <laughs> uh, what? the women lose their mind your fiance is going to lose her mind your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind your mom is going to lose her mind several of your sisters and uh female relatives are going to lose their mind and uh, instead of playing hard and getting a first down and getting a play, then, you know, you want <clears throat> to sit behind a, a, a shade tree, eat a fish sandwich and uh, drink a lemonade with your fat little girlfriend. It's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock. Everybody's got their clothes on. <laughs> All right, guys. So that was a. Uh... Mike Leach, just in some sound bites that we've um, that he's provided us over the years. Uh, we again we pray for his family, and uh, he was an amazing man, an amazing coach, and his legacy will forever be remembered. So Taylor, <clears throat> with the sad news of uh, Leach's uh, passing, who can you see take over for Mississippi State? Because they're gonna obviously they need a head coach now. Um. Well, it depends on uh, my choice for uh, who would step in his place would be uh, Cliff Kingsbury of the Arizona Cardinals. I think his time there is uh, coming to an end, so I think he would be a good replacement. He's a great college coach. He's just not – doesn't really seem like he's able to put the stuff, the pieces together to really win in the NFL. I mean, he's had talent uh, left and right talent. with the Cardinals. <laughs> and uh I mean, this season, I think they only have four wins. I know they've had a, a couple of injuries, but, I mean, the big one they have. Kyler they, getting hurt recently. Yeah. I mean, they got the pieces, so I think his time's coming to an end there. Uh, I think he needs to make the move back to college football, and I think that would be a good start for him to get back into it. Uh, they have a decent program going on, uh, and hopefully if he takes that job, he gets some time to do his own recruiting and everything like that and build up a program. So that that would be my uh, that would be my personal that, interest. That's a, that's a great choice. Um, I didn't think about Cliff Kingsbury honestly when I was thinking about who could take over. He's a great offensive mind. He was great in college at Texas Tech. He's coming from the NFL where he has been proven to, you know, at least somewhat be able to handle some of that talent. So as a high school kid, you'd be like this dude was an NFL head coach. Like he knows what it takes. So. That definitely would help with recruiting. My my pick would be Dan Mullen, uh, former Mississippi State head coach, Dan Mullen, who went from obviously Mississippi State to Florida and then before uh, being fired from Florida. And uh, I know he's kind of waiting out for the right uh, opportunity. I know he loves it down there at Mississippi State, so I think he could go back and take the reins. He knows how to work the SEC. Um, he's a great offensive mind, maybe not the best recruiter, but uh, Mississippi State, as far as expectations, they don't expect to go to the national championship. 
maybe their fans do, uh, but I don't think that program is like trying to compete with Alabama, the LSU no. scores and stuff. I think they're content with an eight-win season, full game, nine-win season, and I think Dan Mullen can definitely get them there. Agreed. I mean, that's. I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but that's what he's good at doing is getting you to a bowl game and that's it. You know, there's, you don't expect a national championship from Dan Mullins, at least not now, especially after everything that came out once he departed from Florida. He's just not the guy that's going to go out and recruit, you know, a hundred percent. He's not going to put in a hundred percent effort on everything he does. He's just going to be there to coach. And that is it. The recruiting, like, I think the report came out. He doesn't recruit during off season, which is like prime time recruiting. Like no, that's only, when you're he, supposed to recruit. He only recruits during the off season. He doesn't recruit off season during gotcha. the season. So like he yeah. focuses on the games during the season, which I can see makes, you know, you're like, okay, well it's the season. Like I got to focus on the games, but recruiting is uh, one big thing about college is recruiting. The good uh, teams take recruiting year round. They don't just do it. Like four yeah, months, these kids, four they, they show up to games. They want to watch you winning now. You know, you got to recruit, bring them to your games, yeah. you know, have them see the culture that you've built, the, uh, the family environment, whatever you want to, you know, advertise. That's when you show it off is at those games, and you can't do that if you're not recruiting. Uh, hopefully he learned his lesson. You know, he's like, oh, you know, I need to start recruiting during the season. Mm-hmm. I thought it was off season, but it's during the season. Both very important and vital to getting a good team for the next season. So hopefully he can fix that, and hopefully maybe that program turns around and they do start competing against, like, an Alabama, Georgia, or these top teams right now. Yeah. No, I, I do agree. Uh, I think those are two great picks if you're a Mississippi State Bulldog fan. Uh, just be on the lookout for those names. Of course, there's a couple other names that probably could just sneak in there. But uh, from the booth, those are probably our two favorite. Now, uh, guys, college uh, the college edition or the college segment of the show is probably going to be a little shorter on the shorter end until we get into the bowl games and, you know, come national championship time, guys. So just bear with us. Um, we are going to go more in depth on on some things, especially in the NFL uh, aspect. Um, with early signing period coming up, where could some big names uh, land? These are some of the top uncommitted recruits. Obviously, a lot of recruits have already committed and said, hey, I found my home. Uh, some are still taking official visits uh, even after being committed doesn't mean they're flip doesn't mean they won't so i mean it's recruiting recruiting at the end of the day is till the very end and if a recruit saying hey i'm signing early you got till december 22nd to get make sure you got all your visits in rather be in home official and you know i think official visits are done so it's gonna be everything's gonna be unofficial or in-home visits at this point yeah and and the term committed doesn't mean anything anymore just everybody knows like when when somebody's like i am committed to this school Take that with a grain of salt. Luckily, because on December twenty second, you can take it with some salt because they have to literally yeah. sign the paper of L- their letter of intent. So, yeah, at that <laughs> at that point, yeah, go ahead. It's you know, for the most part, it's done official. They can't back out of it at that point. Yeah, but up until then, I mean, everybody's been watching the you know ESPN, uh, yeah. following along on social media. It's not official until it's official. You know, even though you can say, yeah, I'm going there. Two days later, change your mind. Eh, you know what? Something happened. Yeah, I don't like the especially with the money situation the vibe or whatever. Oh, NIL is definitely changed like, things around. If say if uh, I was a big time recruit, I'm like, you know what? 
I'm going to Oklahoma. I like the coaches. They're giving me a decent uh, NIL deal. And then all of a sudden, the day before, or the day of signing day, or the day before signing day, Oklahoma State goes, bro, we'll give you a million more dollars in Oklahoma. I'm like, all right, letter of intent. Guys, I flipped. (laughs) (laughs) And then they'll come out saying, I've always wanted to go to Oklahoma State. They have great coaching staff. You know, yeah. nothing against Oklahoma. What's your reason? But... <laughs> What's your reason why? Well, I got a million to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, with that being said, we're gonna try to play uh, predict and kind of give our thoughts and opinions on some. It's not all, but some of the top. Uh, some of these are five stars. Some of these are uh, blue chip four stars, guys, and kind of see and give our thoughts on where we think these guys are gonna go. So we're gonna start out with five star Samson Akunola. Uh, he is down to. Uh, Florida and Miami, he's a five-star offensive tackle, a.k.a. known as uh, Pancake Hacho on all socials. He has an NIL deal already set in place with Michigan State if he goes there. Um, to, for his pancakes, his family owns a pancake like business as far as all that goes. Obviously, offensive lineman, it kind of goes hand-in-hand. That, hand. that goes hand-in-hand hand right uh, there. That's so, actually yeah, pretty his, tight. His recruitment actually has been pretty fun to, to kind of watch. Uh, all his edits and stuff, obviously, anytime he goes to a school, the school has to include pancakes and syrup and, and all that, and they put a <laughs> chef hat on him, and it's actually been pretty cool because, you know, it's just it's a different vibe. It's not like typical, yeah. uh, I'm acting cool, I look cool kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it, like, it makes it fun. Yeah, <laughs> definitely yeah. makes it fun. Uh, so he's down to, uh, he released the top four today. He signs on Thursday, or he commits on Thursday. He released the top four. In my opinion, it's down to two. His top four is Bama. Uh, Michigan State, Florida, and Miami. I think it's down to Florida and Miami at this point. Florida received the last two or last, uh, unofficial visits in the unofficial visit um, last week, and he had an in-home visit by the coaches from Miami today. Obviously, Miami's trying to make sure they're, they're predicted to get uh, Sampson. They're trying to make sure they can hold on to him because Florida is really pushing him. He did say he had a 10 out, 10 out of 10 official visit with Florida. Uh the last week so he's loving it up there um and they're preaching uh product productivity and the fact that hey we have osiris torrance who's going to be a first round offensive guard uh going in the nfl draft we've had you know florida's known for their offensive linemen so come get developed and we'll help you with your pancake deal so and obviously florida or uh, miami has a big nil market uh for his pancake uh com- his parents pancake company and everything like that so can Mario hold on to Samson Taylor? Who who do you think he has, or where do you think he goes in two days? So, I, I want to say uh, Florida, because Florida has had so far has been recruiting off the chain. I mean, it has been you know like a complete one eighty. I mean, you guys are a completely different team when it comes to recruiting right now. Uh, but I I personally think he's going to go to Miami. I just I think that's what it's set in stone. I think there's no other chance. I don't think he goes to Alabama. You're believing in the crystal ball? I am believing in the crystal ball. 24-7 is a valuable tool. Uh, And they're usually correct. Sometimes they do lean a little heavy, uh, and they get some, like, insider news, and then, you know, it flips. But I I think Miami is starting to get a couple of – decent recruits coming in and they're starting to build something and i'm not i know you're gonna hate hearing that 
No, no, no. I, I'm gonna be objective. They do. They do have a squad yeah. coming in. They got uh, Francis, yeah. uh, the five star offensive tackle. They obviously they got Kermani McLean. They stole from Florida, which I don't know. If they really stole McLean from Florida. I think he was always a Miami lean. I think the crystal ball would just kind of. He was a very quiet recruit on where, where he was going to go. It was kind of like they took it little bits and pieces that they could find and yeah, and Corey, came up with. UF. They said, "Oh, he's you know friends with Corey Raymond, so you know U.S." Yeah. I think I think he's going to Miami. He thinks he's going to Miami. I I I have some sources. I'm not going to ruin the kids' recruitment. I had some sources, but uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go <laughs> that the crystal ball is wrong. That's all I was going to say. Uh, just because of his recent visits, oh. ten out of ten. Right, well. <laughs> and uh, he he took his last official visit. It came down to Miami or Florida, and he chose Florida for his last official visit, which is to me that's to me that's a big indicator. There's uh um, I think it's called One Three Sports or on or on Three Sports. Uh, they came out with the video saying that they think that Florida may have taken the lead. Over Miami, but right now it really is 50-50. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Miami, right? Crystal Ball says Miami. Everyone says he loves Miami. He loves the NIL opportunity. Uh, but the development for the NFL and the fact that we uh, – the not we, but uh, Florida Gators have Darnell Stapleton, who's a former Pro Bowl uh, left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's the head coach – or the uh, offensive line coach down there. And then the fact that Osiris Torrance is going in the first round, so you can go, hey, this offense does produce uh, quality linemen. I, I just I I have to believe in Billy Napier. I don't want to doubt him. I know Mario is a great recruiter, so I'm going to go Florida. I don't think Michigan State or Alabama are in this. I really don't. I think it's it's Miami, and it's Florida. The other two are just up there on his final four, just to say, hey, he's got a final, just for more hats on the table. Uh, to be honest. I just think it's more hats on the table uh, for Samson. Uh, either way, Florida and Miami fans, get excited. Again, he commits Thursday. Uh, then we go down to four-star defensive tackle Jordan Hall. He's down to Ugga, Florida, and Bama. Uh, and I believe Ohio State, but Ohio State's really kind of out of it, to be honest. Um, Crystal Ball says Georgia. I'm going to lean Georgia. He did love his visit uh, at Florida. But I think that uh, Georgia, def- that all they have to do is say, hey, look at our recent draft classes for uh, defense alignment. And he's been loving Georgia. Crystal Ball says Georgia. I don't think that uh, the Gators can pull that one off. Where do you think he goes? I'm going to tell you, he's definitely not going to Alabama A&M because uh, they are on his list yeah. of uh, interested schools. I don't see that happening. I mean, hey. NIL deals do change a lot of things. They do change a lot. Of things. I don't know what they got going on down there in Alabama A&M, but I don't <laughs> the think same thing it's they've enough. had for the past couple yeah. national championship seasons. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they got enough to really reel this one in. So I'm going to lean with you on this one. I'm going to say Georgia. Uh, it's Georgia. They're most likely going to be back-to-back national champions. Uh, that it that I mean that weighs heavy in recruiting. I mean, if you can say, hey, look, we are battling with Alabama, the mecca of football, college football, and we have gone back-to-back and we've won national championships each year, why wouldn't you want to come here? I mean, we are producing players that NFL teams are drooling over. Why wouldn't you want to come here and play for us? So I think he is an absolute lock for Georgia. 
for that one. Re- even if Georgia doesn't win the national championship this year, they're in the playoffs again. And they're most likely going to the national championship. Yeah. And even if they lose, they made it. I mean, that right there says enough about the school, the coaching staff, and the players. I think they've got a really, really good shot at getting in. Yeah. Uh, Georgia fans will be getting a good one. He is a monster <clears throat> defensive tackle. Florida could somehow pull it up. I think it's honestly between Georgia and uh, Florida. And, you know, we're going to see a little kind of a little pattern here as Florida being in with uh, to top three, top four of a lot of these big-time recruits. Napier has really changed that recruiting program around. And I'm not just saying that as a, a Florida uh, fan, but just as a just a unbiased turnaround. I've seen a lot of uh, big-time recruits that normally we would not even have uh, – the Florida would not have an opportunity to even talk to, uh, and they're including Florida in their, their top five, top ten, whatever. Uh, but I do think that Georgia lands Jordan Hall. Then we have five-star defensive end Mateo Ugalele, the brother of DJ. Uh, I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. I get tongue-tied. I'm trying. Now these um, are, look. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you because uh, I wouldn't even attempt to pronounce some of these names, and you're giving it your best. And some of these are actually hitting. So yeah, I'm trying. I, to I even try to break it down like you know Ugalele. Um. So. He's the brother of DJ, who's obviously in the transfer portal. Uh, his top schools are Ohio State, USC, and Oregon. His brother, they're from California. Could you see him going USC? I, USC, yeah. I, I, that would that was going to be my pick, USC. Uh, I, would, he, I would like to. Do you think he follows? I think he follows. I don't. I think he follows. I think that they want to play together. But if they do that, they're not going to go to USC. But yeah, but especially because if they go to USC, USC, Caleb Williams is starting. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. <laughs> DJ's, you know? DJ's accepting yeah. a backup That's a year. at that point. Yeah. And and then, at least a year. Like, And then you don't know who else they're going to recruit. You might get well, they have Malachi uh, Nelson. Malachi Nelson's a five-star yeah. quarterback from California. So I, I, if he wants to – now this is if he wants to play with his brother, if, they, if that's the top of his list. I don't yeah. see him going to USC. But right now – I honestly would favor USC for him. I don't think he cares about playing with his brother. I don't think that's a necessity. So I would agree with the USC. But a team to watch out for to me is Oregon. Uh, Just being from California myself, Oregon has deep roots in California somehow. Uh, I think it's because of the the Nike jerseys and stuff like that. That, Um, Dude, when I was in California, there was more Oregon fans in California than there were USC fans, UCLA yeah, fans. It's crazy. You name it. It was, it was insane. And, um, you know, Bo Nix is going to the league. He has to. It's his last year. They need a quarterback. DJ could follow in. DJ could fit right in. I mean, I mean, in play, you, so. you could say the same with Ohio State and Alabama, though, because, you know. TJ Stroud, all, yep. Yeah, all three of those quarterbacks are dipping. So, I mean, there's, those are three potential landing spots. The thing with Alabama, though, is them. they have two in this class <laughs> – I don't know why they do that. I don't know. If it's a recruit, I don't know why you do this. But do you? They have two five-star quarter or four to five-star quarterbacks <clears throat> in the top, like, ten quarterbacks for this year, 23, 23 class, committed to Alabama. I will tell you right now why they would do that. Because it's Alabama. One, it's Alabama. But if you – so you have two five-star quarterbacks. If you are the one who beats out the other, 
to get the starting position at Alabama. I mean, that right there automatically marks you up a little bit. Yeah, and iron, like, iron oh, sharpens iron. Like, I get that. Like, this dude me, just beat I'm out another five-star time, quarterback. Though. I'm looking for playing time. So I get that, but if you were – I mean, they're taking a chance on themselves. They're gambling on themselves saying, I'm good enough to beat this other guy that's a five-star to be the starting okay. quarterback for Alabama. Well, let me add on to that before you say Alabama's a good choice for – not. For DJ, I'll oh, you talk about DJ. Oh, For his yeah. brother, obviously, that's a great choice. He's a defensive end. He's five-star defensive end. They make produce defensive linemen like crazy. But if he does follow his brother, his, I don't think DJ goes to Alabama because not only do they have two five-star quarterbacks in this class, they got a five-star quarterback in the 2024 <clears throat> class from Carlsbad, California, Julian Sane, which is pretty cool because they used to play uh, Carlsbad in high school. Um, they used to kick our tail, but you, know, you see why, but. Um, so I don't think he goes, uh, DJ goes to Alabama. Could he, his brother go to Alabama? Like you said, yes, they make great talent. Um, so if it came down to USC, Alabama, or Oregon, who are you taking? Who, who would Mateo go to? We're, t- we're just focused on Mateo, not DJ here. Who okay. So without DJ in the picture, I would say USC would be a great fit for him. That, that's who I would pick All right. without his brother involved. I would agree. If his brother's not involved, USC's the go for Mateo. If you're a Trojans fan, that's a be a, a big get, especially when you're watch your defense struggle uh, in that championship game. All right, so we got um, defensive tackle James Smith and uh, Qual Russo. Uh, these kind of uh, linebacker Qual Russo. These two, uh, they're on the same team. Apparently, they're you know they're a package deal. Apparently, uh, where one goes, the other is going to follow. Reportedly, obviously things can change now. Maybe maybe they're like, hey, this opportunity is better for me. I love you, brother. But I gotta do what's best for me. Uh, but reportedly, they are trying to go to college together. Uh, they're down to Alabama, Florida, and Auburn. Uh, I think Florida's making a push for a. Qual- I don't think Florida thinks they can get James. I think they're really trying to implant in his head uh, to qual. Hey, we need linebackers. You could start day one here. You're a you know four or five star linebacker. You're already SEC built. You could start day one here. We've already had we you know everyone saw Florida's linebackers. They hit the mm-hmm. transfer portal like crazy. Yeah. You go to Bama, you're probably gonna be sitting for a year or two. Uh, James Smith, on the other end, he is the prize. The both of them are obviously great. Uh, James Smith is the prize of the of the two that a lot of schools are trying to pull. I think that's why they're trying to. Some schools are trying to wedge something in between. Not wedge them like they hate each other, but like wedge it to be like, hey. He might start right away. There's a chance. But that, you're you gonna know. sit. So yeah. uh, maybe Florida. They just they did an in-home visit today with uh, Russo. I'm gonna roll uh, Florida out. To be honest, um, I think this comes down. They're from Alabama. I think it comes down from Alabama or Auburn. And uh, I'm going to Auburn. I'm going to Auburn as well. I think uh, they love um, <clears throat> Auburn. Both of them. Uh, I just think it's and plus- Auburn. I think it was a was it twenty four seven sports. They have a crystal ball to Auburn too. I think I didn't see their crystal ball on twenty four seven. I think it was Alabama has like they have like the roster outlook, and it was Alabama has like twenty. Uh, what was it twenty? Yeah, I think it was twenty like defensive linemen coming in, and then it was fourteen for. Auburn or something like that. So there's more room at Auburn and more of a chance for him to start. So that's why I'm going with Auburn because they're not heavily bringing in uh, players that are going to be able to start in front of them. 
Yeah, that'd be my that'd be my guess. You know, the experts agree with you. <clears throat> I agree with you. Uh, I think Auburn is the get, uh, especially because again, both of them can start uh, potentially start right away. It's still the SEC. Auburn's a great program. It just, it just to me, it fits. They're from Alabama. They they grew up Auburn fans uh, because of Cam Newton and stuff like that. It just kind of, it fits for me for those two. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then we have uh, the last one we'll talk about is this one's kind of a mystery, but I think he he leans LSU here. Uh, five star cornerback, the number two cornerback in the this uh, 2023 class. He was the number one cornerback in the 24 class before he reclassified. Uh, Desmond Ricks, he has Florida, Bama, and LSU as his top three. Uh, he was once committed to Florida State until Florida State just stopped talking to him, he said. Uh, he said he didn't hear from him for like a two months, and uh, he, he was locked in on Florida State. He said he was going, and then they just stopped talking to him, yeah. so he cut him out. That's one way to lose a really good player is yeah. stop talking to him. Let's just imagine that. Like, hey, you're one of the best corners in the, in the nation. <laughs> Hey man, how's your day going? Cricket, cricket, cricket. No. Yeah, yeah. Man got ghosted by a by a school, and then Miami was in the mix at one point, but then he dropped his top three. He he definitely he said he wants to play SEC ball, so it came down to Florida, Bama, and LSU. He has he loves Florida. He's being recruited by Florida. The current twenty twenty three class: Trayon Webb, uh, in company, Jakeem Jackson. Uh, who just got moved up, actually, to the fifth best corner in the uh, nation. So, congratulations to Jakeem. Uh, they're all recruiting him very hard to come to Florida. He loves Corey Raymond. He has a very strong bond with Corey Raymond. But he loves LSU, and he's loved LSU since he was little. So, And he has a very strong bond with Brian Kelly and the cornerback coach there. He's been a lean to LSU forever. He just came off an Alabama visit. I can see Bama maybe. Obviously, Bama's Bama, so you can never count them out in this recruiting process. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to go and put my prediction for LSU. Well, he most recently came off of an LSU visit too, I think on the 16th off of 24-7 Sports here. That's where I'm getting my information mm-hmm. per usual. Uh, We're citing our sources because of TikTok here, guys. This yeah. is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think Florida is going to snag him. Uh, I just think I, I think their depth uh, in that position is already uh, too muddied. I think it. I mean, he he'd probably start. I mean, there's no doubt, but they definitely lose out on some talent if he went to Florida. In my opinion, uh, I don't really see Alabama. Uh, I mean, if he is true and true an LSU fan, like from as a kid, uh, he's got a close relationship with the coaches and everything like that i'll go with lsu as well uh plus i mean looking up here now they have lsu 100 percent on the crystal ball prediction yeah so i i just think it's LSU. i think it comes down to florida and lsu but i think it lsu edges it out now who knows maybe Corey raymond can be like hey i'm considered the best dv coach in the nation you know Derek stingley just went in the first round i coached him at lsu I used to be at LSU, come on the games. Well, I can see it maybe. I just I just think it's LSU. That's that's me as a Florida fan holding on to hope. I think it's just yeah. I think it's right now it's shut down to LSU. Um and then of course there's always potential flips uh on the national signing day. We've seen 
Uh, this happened before. Uh, there's some potential flips that I could potentially see that I want to raise questions to you. Five-star quarterback Dante Moore, he's committed to Oregon right now. He just came off an official visit to Chip Kelly and UCLA. Uh, there's going to be a starting job opening after this season um, as DTR is going to the league. Chip Kelly's a offensive mastermind. Dante Moore fits that system perfectly. It's in sunny L.A., great NIL market. Could you see him potentially flipping from Oregon to UCLA? Absolutely. I mean, Chip Kelly has been putting together an absolute team down there. Uh, so I could absolutely see that. Uh, Oregon, I mean, they're good, but UCL, UCLA really put together a insane team this year. They kind of fell off at the end, uh, but I think there was enough there to really say, like, we've got a shot. Uh, we can go all the way. Why not come down here? And then I, I just think it's a possibility that they take them or not take them, but flip them. Yeah, uh, I I think that he might stay Oregon. I just I wouldn't count out uh, UCLA. Never count out Chip Kelly. He's always been known as a great recruiter and uh, and fire. Yeah, <clears throat> and you know trader of elite talent <laughs> in the NFL. Um, and the next one we're going to talk about is uh, this one's gonna be a little more close to home. Boomer. Uh, five-star defensive lineman David Hicks. He's currently committed to Texas A&M, uh, and Brent Venables is trying hard to flip him to Oklahoma. Everyone knows Venables is a great defensive mind. Can you see David Hicks? Uh, you know, I know you're on the message boards. Can you see? Uh, and if you guys are on Spotify, he's shaking his head yes. I'm gonna let him explain here. Could you see David Hicks uh, flipping to Oklahoma? Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. I already got him locked in. I'm already planning on getting a custom-made jersey with his last name on there, 100%. That's how confident I am. I mean, you have uh, BV coming from... You're so confident, buy it right now. No, absolutely, I'll buy it right now. <laughs> I would absolutely buy it right now if I had money. Uh, <laughs> but, BV, I mean, BV has national champions, uh, championships. I mean, the dude knows how to coach a defensive squad and win championships. I mean, that right there is like, yeah, why not? You know, I'm coming. We're, let's make something happen at Oklahoma. So I am 100% confident that he's already leaning towards Oklahoma and he's going to commit. I'm locked in on it and I am hype about oh, it. Man, this excited. is like, <laughs> dude, I am 100% excited. This dude is an absolute animal. So, so who are you more excited about? David Hicks, potentially David Hicks. So we'll say potential there. Um or Jackson Arnold. Ooh, I'm gonna say David Hicks because Oklahoma has always had a good offense. That's something that we've never struggled with. It's always uh, 40 plus points. It's not really, but you know, like we put up points on the board no matter how terrible the team is, no matter what the season looks like. We can produce offense but we have struggled year in and year out with the defense and bringing on David Hicks would absolutely change everything about Oklahoma and how people perceive our defense. So I am 10 times more excited about him than I am Arnold because we can plug and place different quarterbacks and still make our offense work because that's just what Oklahoma does. So I'm not worried about that. I am excited about him because he has exceptional talent. I mean, the dude is, 
an absolute gift in the football world. So I'm, trust me, I'm excited. I, I hope he doesn't listen to this. You know, somebody's like, hey, somebody in the middle of nowhere was talking trash about you. Yeah. Uh, so you might want to decommit. Please don't. Please. Well, he has a okay. flip first. I mean, he hasn't committed. Yeah. He's well, committed. no, I'm not, I'm not talking about Hicks. I'm, I'm talking about uh, oh, Arnold. 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 Uh, so, Arnold, listen, please. we have you. We, me and Taylor have talked about our top five quarterbacks for this class. We differ from the major sites. You are our number one ranked quarterback. So. Yes, 100%. Um, so please, 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 yeah. please stay. But I am more excited about Hicks because if you put Hicks on the same on the opposite side of the ball of Arnold and then those two just do their thing throughout the entire game, Yeah. I mean, come on. That's national championship written all come over on, it, baby. Come on. Like, come on now. Come on. Speaking of uh, all these commitments, potential commitments, flips, flops, pancakes, uh, Waffle House, I don't know. Uh, the transfer portal has struck gold. We're going to keep talking about Oklahoma in that defense. Uh, they strike gold with the number one edge and linebacker, Desan uh, McLeod. Uh, he transferred in from Indiana. How much impact can you see Desan make at OU? Uh, I think that this is a complete game changer for us. I mean, <clears throat> I feel sorry for Indiana because I mean that was their highest recruit ever. Yeah, I mean ever. that's <laughs> that is that that was their football team, uh, unfortunately for them. But uh, I think he's gonna like our defense if we have him Hicks and we get. All these dudes on this team that are yeah, you know, Derek LeBlanc coming in. I mean, in, so. dude, I, I geeking out of the possibility, <laughs> dude, the potential that our defense is going to have now is unfathomable. Two years ago, I mean, yeah. we were the worst defense in college, one of the worst defenses in college football. I mean, we ranked like, I think it was like two hundredth or something, like the past two years with hey, Grinch coming in. Your top three hundred, so thank you, Grinch. True, <laughs> but. This, I mean, this is gonna be good. This, I, I'm hype. <laughs> I, I can't wait. My man, my man is dancing over there. <laughs> yeah, definitely a, a big time uh, get up as a freshman at Indiana. Uh, he did see limited action. He did see. Uh, he did get more of a role as the season went on. He's six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. Uh, he got thirty solo tackles, forty eight total, uh, and four sacks as a freshman. And it's only up from there. He is a monster on the edge. He is a monster. As a linebacker, he's good in the run stopping. Uh, he's just an overall great player and a great pickup for uh, Oklahoma. So that is definitely big. And not only that, because he signed with Oklahoma, you guys got four-star corner uh, cornerback uh, McClough, his brother. So tit for tat there. Yeah, it's just an overall win for us. Yeah. With that being said, guys, we want to remind you before we go and talk about the NFL and the drama of Brett Favre uh, to hit that subscription button, follow us on uh, YouTube, and hit that uh, the little bell notification. You know, that way, anytime we go live, which is every Tuesday about seven. Today we did it at eight o'clock, uh, but it's gonna be Tuesday. So even if it's not at seven, you know what? We're just ballpark Tuesday. All right, guys. Um, every Tuesday you'll get the notification when we do go live. And then make sure you follow the TikTok and all the other social medias. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we will be posting. We post daily. Anytime we see recruiting news, we try to keep up to date. Uh, for Florida fans out there, you guys finally get a five-star 
quarterback in DJ Lagway, but then you get another one in this year's class. Jaden Rashada just got updated to a five-star today, uh, five-star quarterback, number six quarterback in this class of 2023. So whoever said Billy Napier can't get a five-star, he got one. So with that being said, guys, we are going to go into this NFL segment, and thank you guys for staying tuned. All right, Taylor. Let's talk Brett Favre, man. Uh, the people were upset on that Jackson State Dion Sanders TikTok. It blew up. It's at like 10,000 views now. And people are like, oh, Brett Favre, but Brett Favre, but Brett Favre. Before we get to the Brett Favre, anyone who's watching it, this podcast right now or listening to it, if you go to the actual video, we said that that was neither confirmed and it's also on the TikTok. Neither confirmed nor denied and that we are just simply reacting to a viral Twitter post. We did not say that this was true. We did not say that it was false. We simply said we were reacting and we reiterated that if this is true, this is our thoughts. If this is true. So everyone's saying we, you know, we were spreading false information. We weren't. We literally just read and react, right? Obviously I didn't we didn't I didn't post the uh the reaction to it because TikTok only has so long of <laughs> it doesn't get I can't do the whole 21 minute segment on TikTok. So go to the YouTube and click on it and you'll see us defending HBCUs. All right, we weren't crapping on HBCUs. Although a lot of you guys were in the TikTok comments. So Yeah, you know what? there was a lot of people <laughs> on there that were just taking massive dumps. Yeah. So Anyways, let's get into this Brett Favre situation. This was uh, asked about. Not a lot of media coverage on it, so we're going to we're gonna talk about it. So I'm going to kind of – I went through a thing. I sent it to Taylor as well so he can kind of read it. I went and found some of the meat and potatoes of the article uh, of what's going on with this Favre situation. Uh, so Favre built – obviously, this situation is Favre helped build a uh, – a uh, volleyball stadium for his old alma mater, uh, University of Southern Mississippi, for his daughter. She where she plays volleyball. Uh, so this is this is where it starts. Uh, it started by Favre reaching out to Government Brian, where he agreed to give money uh, to help build a stadium, but did not mention state funds to Favre. Once pro- uh, the project cost more than expected, Bryant told Favre to reach out to Tate Reeves for the rest of the money to build the volleyball facility. In 2017, before Reeves was governor, the Mississippi Department of Human Services directed $5 million to temporary assistance for needy families' welfare funds to build a volleyball facility at the University of Southern Mississippi. So that that um, that bureau, I guess we should call it, that federal uh, or state, uh, what are you going to call that, state uh, bureaucracy, they take uh, care of um, low-income areas, you know, impoverished communities and stuff like that. Uh, most of those communities are minority communities. Uh, this is where they got the $5 million from. Now, Favre apparently did not know none of this. He's been denied it. But anyways, after getting help from MDHS officials, the celebrity athletes still owe the university $1.6 million for the project upon completion in 2020. By July 27th, however, Favre was in contact with Nancy New, who's nonprofit in the Mississippi Community Education Center, controlled millions in state welfare funds. That month, New arranged meeting within Mississippi Department of Human Services Director John Davis, who agreed to spend the $4 million, later $5 million, in the TANF funds on the volleyball project. 
April 30th, 2020, State Auditor Shad White revealed for the first time that MCEC had personally paid far $1.1 million in TANF funds for services that White would later say Favre never performed. These services were uh, signing autographs to be put out, you know, to be sold and given speeches. Apparently, he never did any of that for the $1.1 million to finish the project. Uh, in a series of tweets, the athlete claimed in 2020 that he never received money uh, for the ab- uh, obligations that he did not meet and that he was not aware of the money, where the money came from. Uh, Farr vowed to refund the full amount back to Mississippi, the state of Mississippi. He repaid $500,000 that month and promised to repay the remainder of the installments over the next few months. Nearly a year and a half later, Lamar County uh, still said he had not paid it all back. October 2020, uh, one, White issued a demand letter to Farr to repay the remaining $600,000. In addition to $228,000 in interest, the athlete repaid the $600,000 uh, later that month to do the $1.1 million. So he paid the $1.1 million back that he took, that he said he did not know that was coming from the funds. But he did not pay the interest, uh, $228,000. Uh, the filing says that Favre, unlike Davis and New, the other public officials, in fact, did not know about the funds and where they came from. He simply, basically, simply just thought he was getting the funds legally and that he would pay it all back eventually. Uh, April 2017, made a handshake deal with uh, an athletic foundation where he committed to personally guarantee the funds uh, for the brick and mortar construction of the volleyball, so the volleyball facility. Uh, but in the state of Mississippi, I believe you cannot do a brick and mortar kind of contract pledge. It can just be the money and then the school has to go about the rest. Uh, in 2027, there's text messages between the guys uh accepting such a large grant he did not mention trying to find a way for john to allocate the money to that entity and then uh again far repaid that 1.1 million uh taylor uh again again he has today denied not today but you know as of recent uh his lawyer said he has no responsibility in the audit or the monitor let alone control he did not know where the funds came from and the 1.1 million had been paid for the 5 million you know it's already too late the volleyball thing had been built uh so taylor that brett Favre situation uh let me get your thoughts on that i think it deserves a little more news coverage uh i will say that we have failed to mention this story on our show uh which i do apologize to everybody because uh once you read into this story look at all the evidence that has been um brought up and the statements from everybody and the acts that were committed it's definitely something that should be covered on ESPN, uh, your mainstream medias, whether it be uh, CNN, BBC News, or uh, Fox News, whatever it is that you watch. It should be covered on these uh, stations because this is, uh, it's illegal. I mean, it, what has been done is illegal. And Brett Favre, since we're going to be talking about what he's what has happened recently, we should bring up his past uh, scandals or uh, you know, allegations against him. So there was, of course, his drugs. Uh, he was addicted to Vicodin for a while, and the NFL punished him for that. I think it was so bad that he also had seizures at one point that were potentially deadly. Uh, there was the sexting allegation where he sent a, I think it was the Jets game time show uh 
host or something sent her mm-hmm. lewd pictures of himself. Uh, he got away with that. They he said that there was a massage sufficient. therapist as well. Uh, yeah. There wasn't enough evidence to say that it was him or came from him, which I think is uh, baloney. I mean, you can trace text messages That's with baloney. ease. Uh, and then now this, the, the welfare fund scandal. I mean, there's plenty of evidence here. He was also uh, interviewed by the FBI. Uh, he is failing to cooperate with this, just like he did with the sexting scandal. They said that he was very uh, unwilling to cooperate with the investigation. If you're innocent, you should always cooperate. You should always, Facts. I mean, make sure you have a lawyer present. I want If anybody ever gets into any legal trouble, please take this advice. Before you answer any questions, better call make Saul. sure you have a lawyer present with you when answering these questions so they can tell you which questions to answer how to properly answer it so you don't backtrack and you are telling the truth, whatever. But he did not cooperate. That's shady right there. If you're innocent, if somebody, if the FBI comes to me and they're like, look, we're going to investigate you for this, are you going to cooperate? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If I did not do it, here's my phone. It, whatever you're looking for, go through it. You can check whatever you want. Menacent, I promise you, whatever you need from me, you've got it. But if you are not innocent, you are going to say, what? No, I'm not cooperating with you. I'm not going to answer your questions or anything like that. This is ludicrous. I, I, I did no such thing. That, to me, tells me that you've done something shady and something most likely illegal. Uh, that's a lot of money that could have gone to people in need. Uh, this university did not need a new facility. You know, It's more of a want and a leisure and a benefit of going to the school but there are people out there that need food uh housing uh water shelter uh schooling all this other stuff and now five million plus dollars was taken away from that because Favre wanted to do something cool for his alma mater and his daughter's uh school where she was playing volleyball at i think it's ridiculous i think there needs to be more news coverage uh I think one of the reasons why we didn't cover it as uh, deep or even cover it on the show is due to the lack of coverage elsewhere. Uh, this not recently, an not an excuse, guys. But. Yeah, not an excuse at all. But this recently came to my attention uh, about all this stuff. I was completely unaware of what was going on. Uh, but, you know, there's so many other things that get the attention uh and it's, you know, dove into and it's constantly ran on uh, social media, news outlets and everything. And then you go and you read this, you read in depth everything that happened and the allegations and the investigation and the lawsuits and the money taken and the money given and the text messages sent into the people of uh, political power that he was in communication with. Why is this not on every news outlet? I mean, this is big. This is juicy. This is this is a Hall of Fame a uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback that is stealing funds from people in need. Yeah. I mean that right I mean that right there is headline news, you know, Brett Favre steals money from welfare program. And yeah, it's that, like it's not like he, he stole it from like the YMCA or it's like okay, it's not right, but it it's not going to impact as many families as there's a lot of families who depend on that money uh for, you know, for food. Uh, be able to pay bills each month, uh, and just you know day to day living. So to take to take it to to think that it, to have the audacity to think 
whether he knew about it or not, he has yet to come out and say that it, you know, hey, where that money came from is wrong, and I vow to pay it all back, and that should not have happened. I'm sorry, I did not. He said he did not know where the money came from, but so that, he that's said not that, an apology. But there's also a text message that said uh, it was entered as evidence uh, as part of this, this uh, civil lawsuit uh, that says he's asking uh, former Mississippi Governor Phil Bryan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to pay me this, is there any way for the media to find out where it came from and how much it was? Yeah, and that's inclination. He, he, yeah, yeah that he right knew. there. That, 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 come on, that right there is admission to guilt uh, in knowing that you knew where the money came from, straight up, yeah. and you knew how much it was. So, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this Brett Favre thing, if you know, or. You know, it's true. It's not, there's no if. If this is true, when it gets hits the court uh, and it comes down to handing out penalties, fines, and jail time, uh, Favre should, in my opinion, receive some jail time because he's not just affecting one person. It's a whole community uh, that is being affected by his actions simply because of a volleyball uh, facility. That is like you like you said it is not a a need, but more than a want no. uh, for his daughter and his alma mater. It's yeah, just, and go ahead. And the other thing is Mississippi is one of the poorest states, yeah, uh, if not the poorest state in the country. And in, in, these funds need to go to these people. I mean, they're already at a disadvantage being from that state because it's one of the poorest states, uh, poorly funded. And then you're going to chip in more and take away the little bit that these people have to survive and, uh, try and have a better life. It's disgusting. Yeah. I agree. I think I, if listen, and it's, we're coming from a place of like, you know, this doesn't, Affect. I don't like. I don't live in Mississippi. Like this is not going to physically affect me. But to see my fellow Americans, to see my fellow people who are struggling day to day, and then get screwed over by the system, the system that's put in place to help them, the wealth, you know, the uh, bureaucracy, um, and the bureaucrats. Similarly, you, know, you know, we're just going to take the money from these people. We're going to kind of just move it around and do what we want with it to help certain people in our in our circle that is 100% wrong and those people deserve to rot in prison and Brett Favre should follow yep uh, they're not gonna I mean, Taylor agrees there's not gonna be a lot of people out there who don't agree there's no, of course gonna be some people uh, but if you really take a, a step back from the situation you take away from the fact that Hit the you know the he's an NFL Hall of Famer goggle glasses and stuff like that and just look at the situation from an unbiased I don't care who he is situation if he was anybody else he'd already be locked up agreed so the fact that Favre has this privilege to sit there and just deny 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 do his own thing and just it's like he has he doesn't care about what happened he he cares that he got caught he doesn't care 
what happened to the the families that are going to be affected by this, which is Agreed. completely wrong. And guys, we got that from. Uh, let me cite my source here. Let you guys know if you guys want to look it up. Where's that? I sent you the link, didn't I? Yeah. Let me see. Sorry. <clears throat> if you, if, oh, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi Free Press dot org. Uh, they go into full detail. They go into way more detail than obviously we went in. Like I said, I grabbed some uh, bits and pieces from it. Uh, the kind of like the meat and potatoes to kind of give a gist of the uh, of what's going on. But if you want to read the full article, go to Mississippi State uh, Press dot org, Free Press dot org, uh, to read that full article. It's a good article. It's a good read. Um, if you're trying to catch up and find all the information that is up to date on, I think it was last updated like four or five days ago so it is pretty recent we're citing our sources we cite our sources you know the jackson state thing but we're citing our sources tiktok we're citing our sources <laughs> doing our best this time yeah making sure there's no crumbs left yeah. all right uh with that being said again he should be in prison let's move on to a common commenter george yarborough uh Much love, love, man. Uh, Listen, you can have opposing views to come in our comment section and be derogatory uh, and then try to take the soapbox and say that you're the classy one, even though we simply just said the updated scores of what your prediction was and then come cussing and calling people the hard word and, uh, you know, everything else underneath the sun and then try to take them and then deleting some of the comments after you were called out about it. Yeah. We have the screenshots of the comments. You're not going to, it is what it is, man. You said the Cowboys, let's break this down. You said that Cowboys have the highest point differential in the NFL. That is no longer true after the Eagles beat the Giants. So check the Eagles have it by a wide margin. Now it's not even close. Uh, I believe the, let me pull it up. The point differential now for the Eagles is plus 146, making it the Eagles the best point differential in the league by like 10, plus 10 points. Uh, so let's settle this debate, Taylor. Eagles versus Cowboys, since since people want to really get into the meat and potatoes, we're going to keep using that because Thanksgiving <coughs> was right on, you know, in the past and Christmas is coming up. So um, the Eagles are first in the NFL in points per game at 29.7. They're first in turno- turnover differential with a plus negative uh, 14. They're second in rushing yards per game, 162. Uh, average second in red zone efficiency and 73. Third in total offense. Uh, third in fourth down efficiency and fourth in the league in third down efficiency. They uh, have 178.5 passing yards per game allowed uh, on defense, which is first in the league. So they have the best uh, passing defense. 296.4 total yards per game allowed, which is second in the league. 42 sacks in the uh, on the season, which is second in the league, and 18.8 yard uh, points per game allowed, which is tied for seventh. The Cowboys have the fifth ranked defense and the third ranked offense. Go ahead, Taylor. I'm once again taking the Eagles over the Cowboys. The Cowboys this past weekend struggled against the worst team in the NFL. Without a doubt, the worst team in the NFL. I think it was. It came down to the very last seconds in the uh, game where the Cowboys won uh, by a touchdown. Actually, less than a touchdown. Uh, so by one score. 
so that brings the Cowboys season to losing to a six and six Bucks at the time of this past week, a four and six Packers team, a one they struggled against a one and eleven and one Texans team. This is the worst team in the NFL. And lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. And now I know everybody's going to say, well, we didn't have Dak Prescott. Well, if you're the best team in the NFC, you should have a squad that's able to perform when your quarterback is not there. And if you can't perform when your quarterback's not there, then you are not the best team in the NFC. That is a fact. If you are the best team, you are the best whenever you have your starters or your second stringers on the field. That's just the way football goes. That's how you determine who's a better team. You guys lost the game. That's a fact. Now, the other thing that was brought up is that the Eagles have the easiest season out there. Their schedule is just a cupcake. You know, it's a walk in the park. You know, the Cowboys have it so much worse. Not the case, actually, whenever you go and actually look at the statistics. The Eagles are listed as having the 19th hardest schedule this year. So you would think these Cowboys fans that are saying, oh, well, you know, they have, they have a cupcake uh, schedule, blah, blah, blah. You would think that the Cowboys are sitting right there at the fifth hardest schedule this season, right? I, I think we could all agree that that's what the Cowboys fans make it seem to be. You would be wrong. The Cowboys are at 18. Here's 19. Here's 18. Right next to each other. And the difference between the schedules is 0.008. That's the difference between the schedules. And that was updated this past week. So that's taken into account for who you've played and who you're going to play. So this whole argument of, oh, they have the easy schedule, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work anymore. You guys are pretty much at this exact same, yet the Eagles only have one loss, and they struggled to one team who was playing pretty good football that day. I mean, it's Sunday. You know, any given Sunday, bad teams can play good football. And if you want to deny that, please explain to me what happened with the Texans. Because if you guys are such a great football team, why did you struggle against the worst football team? with only one win on the season and then now 11 losses on the season how do you struggle against a team like that if well, you were the best like team to bring up the colts game and how the eagles won by one and the uh the cowboys absolutely dominated apparently but the cowboys did not dominate let us remind you the cowboys did not dominate that game it was 21 17 until like the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter and if you want to talk about uh dominating i'm pretty sure we can all agree that the eagles dominated the giants correct yeah, which is a better team than the Texans. <laughs> the Giants, at one point this season, were 7-1. and one. They were Super Bowl favorites. Everybody was saying that the Giants have turned it around. And they're still a good team. And the Eagles walked all over them. A lot of people say that the Titans, at the beginning of the season, were Super Bowl favorites. They are not a bad team. They have arguably one of the best running backs in the game right now. But guess what? Two weeks ago, the Eagles ran all over them. And everybody's like, oh, it wasn't a beatdown. It was a beatdown. It was two games in a row that the Eagles game was taken off of TV because it wasn't competitive enough and transferred to another game. And you want to know what game they transferred over to this time? 
the Cowboys. You guessed it, the Cowboys, losing to the Texans at the time. So for everybody coming into the comments saying that the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC and that the Eagles are fakes, pretenders, whatever, false. It's over. It's a wrap. It was proven this past weekend that the Eagles are better than the Cowboys. Cowboys struggle against the Texans. They have three losses on the season. The schedules are pretty much the exact same, yet the Eagles are winning out. They got one loss. They've already made the playoffs, and guess who hasn't? The Cowboys. So therein lies your answer. The Eagles are better. And I want to point this out, all right? And I'm not trying to come from a biased thing. The Eagles could lose to the Cowboys on the 24th of Christmas Eve. And still, they would have the number one seed in the playoffs. Yes. So... All they have to do, they have to win three games out of their last remaining game. So they could lose to the Cowboys. They can beat. They're gonna probably beat the Bears. Not gonna sleep on the Bears, but they could beat the Bears. Uh, they have the Giants again, which we saw how that happened. They have the Commanders again, uh, the Cowboys, and I can't, the Saints. So they're gonna beat the Saints. Probably gonna beat the Bears, and they're definitely gonna beat the Giants and the Commanders. It's so they can. If they wanted to, they could just relax their players. They're not going to on Christmas Eve. And mind you, the one loss they have this year to the Commanders, the Commanders didn't really dominate uh, the Eagles. It was because of uh, a couple turnovers. Uh, Jalen Hurts threw a pick. Uh, There's a couple fumbles. Uh, And honestly, if Quez Watkins on that 50-yard bomb didn't fumble when he got back up, the Eagles would have had the lead, and it would have been over. The Eagles would be sitting at 13-0 right now. If you look at quarterback play, well, Dak's better. And all I hear is Dak's better than Jalen. For you know, Dak's better than Jalen. Even though Jalen's having an MVP season, Dak's better than Jalen. Dak Prescott, since coming back, he's fourteen and nine. He has a fifty-two QBR, and his career average uh, QBR is seventy percent. So this is he's having a bad year. If you can't admit that he's he's down almost twenty percent on his QBR this year. Well, he was hurt. Cool. Your backup won four out of the five games he started. It's not an excuse. Going four and one, or five, or going five and one, five and two, whatever. Because Dak Prescott lost the opening game this year, so going five and two isn't a bad start to the year to where Dak Prescott should be able to come in and at least finish it out. Uh, yes, they. I think they only have they have one loss, um, uh, one more loss on that. So they're, they have three losses total. Yep. Uh, but again, fourteen and nine. You want to know Jalen Hurts' year uh, season? Uh, he has 3,000 passing yards, which is 10th in the NFL. He's 22-3, and three, touchdown to interception ratio, which is first in the NFL. He has a 70 QBR, which is fourth in the NFL, on top of almost 700 rushing yards and 10 TDs. And he hasn't thrown an interception since week 10. Guys, we're in week 15 right now, going on week 6. Uh, we're going on week 15 now. So that's five games he hasn't thrown a pick. Can't say the same thing about Dak Prescott. So... When it comes down to the Cowboys versus the Eagles, this year, this year, the and oh, to be honest, since 2000, I mean, the Cowboys Cowboys fans are going to hate me, but uh, I'm going to be the opposite of Skip Bayless, right? Skip Bayless nut-hugs the Cowboys, or I'm going to nut-hug the Eagles here. Since 2000, the Eagles have been the better team than the Cowboys, and you cannot, de- cannot deny that. We have four playoff appearance wins uh, compared to the Cowboys' one, uh, since, I think it's since 2012. Uh, five NFC championships, or four NFC championships, two Super Bowl appearances, and a Super Bowl win. Uh, you've been irrelevant for 27 years. So, 
you know, you can come at me all you want. You, can, you know, Taylor, you know, back it up too. The Cowboys are not the team you think they are. And if they get to the playoffs, there's a good chance they get bounced out week one uh, in the wild card round regardless because they're going to have to play a Tom Brady, a playoff Tom Brady. Right now they're projected to play a playoff Tom Brady with Mike Evans and company, which even though the Bucks aren't great this year, Tom Brady's kind of flipped the switch, and everyone knows Tom Brady in the playoffs is way different than Tom Brady in the regular season. So just be prepared is all I'm saying. With that being said, uh, continue to comment on our YouTube videos. We love to respond and react to them in a nice, normal way. Uh, this is more of coming off of a uh, more, obviously, aggressive style than me and Taylor normally like uh, to respond. We do normally re like to respond with a more of an engaging, uh, classy, more formal, intellectual, intellectual uh, debate. And if you know we don't agree, that's fine. It's whatever. But to come into the comment, uh, comment section and say we're not knowledgeable in the game, call us this, th you know, this, that, and the third, and being disrespectful, uh, we're just we're gonna call you out. You know, we're gonna call a spade a spade. Me and Taylor the same way as men outside of the show. Uh, in that aspect, we'll always call a spade a spade, no matter where we're at in life, whether it's the show or in just regular day to day life. So we just talked about Jalen Hurts and his stats. <laughs> Who is your MVP? Let's get into this MVP race. Who is your MVP currently? So you mean who's my MVP or quarterback MVP? Yeah, I mean it's a quarterback award right Can't now. You. <laughs> it's coming down to really Mahomes yeah. or Jalen Hurts, but yeah. Uh, I mean coming down to those two, it's really tough uh, because I mean Patrick Mahomes. I mean it's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I mean there's very few people who I could ever see doing what Patrick Mahomes does uh, day in and day out. It, it, it's like a constant. Every time he plays, something wild happens. It's never like a like a Patrick Mahomes is dull out there today. Yeah. You'd never see that. And I, he has... Well, he did throw three picks the last game. He did, but he has, uh, on the season, I believe he has 33, or 33 touchdowns. 33 interceptions, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he has 11 interceptions, yeah. uh, 4,000 plus uh, yards, and then I think he has like a QBR of... 78. 78, okay. And then Jalen Hurts has 3,000 plus, I think he's at 3,500 plus, 3, or something like that. 3,100 yards, uh, 22 touchdowns, and, but only three interceptions which in my opinion the interceptions weighs very heavily uh when it boils down to who's mvp and then you also have to take an account for uh the season how each team is doing and right now the eagles are having a better season plus jalen hurts is a completely different player than he was last year yeah i mean if you watch tape from last year and compare it to this year his spiral is 10 times better. It's, I mean, it doesn't even look like the ball's moving when he throws it. His it's, anticipation, his, his accuracy, everything's yeah, off the it, charts. The ball, it's, it's a beautiful ball that he's throwing. Uh, he's no longer overthrowing every pass. He's no longer underthrowing passes. Uh, he's able to stay in the pocket longer instead of just dipping out, like, you know, two seconds and he's like, all right, I got I to gotta scramble. He's staying in the pocket. He looks confident. Uh, if you see him on the sideline, uh, I saw a post where everybody 
he on the sideline was like joking and you know like having conversations and stuff that man had his jacket on getting warm and he had the stalest face which just you know yeah that was, against was straight the up game. Con- then- yeah straight up concentration yeah. he was just sitting there like f every single person who doubted me f every single person who doubted this team we're coming out we're winning a super bowl or at least we're going to give every single bit of our beans to win a super bowl i mean that dude is locked in this season and he's making everybody around him better too. I mean, this year I think Miles Sanders is having a much better season than he did last year. Uh, Dallas Goddard is having a great season uh, right compared now. to last season. Yeah, I'll be coming back in uh, two weeks. Uh, Devonta Smith is having a great season. AJ Brown is making the Titans uh, regret everything that they've done in the past year. I mean, he's making everybody look phenomenal and making himself look great. You know, it, it does boil down to there's the coaching aspect, but you can only coach so much, you know. And then when they're on the field, it's the players. Jalen Hurts is taking control of the game every time he's out there. You can tell that the team loves him. Everybody respects him. He is a true leader based off of the way that he communicates, especially in post-game interviews, uh, pre-game interviews, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's doing great. I think that I would vote for Jalen Hurts as MVP, uh, and it really boils down to interceptions, uh, team record, and consistency. And Jalen Hurts has been more consistent this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going Hurts uh, because on top of all his passing stats, you throw in the fact that he has 10 rushing touchdowns, throwing the fact that he almost has 1,000 yards rushing, has about, about 700. Mahomes is statistically – in the passing category, the best quarterback in the league. He's first in yep. yardage. He's first in TDs. He's first in QBR. Uh, but you have to take into account the Jalen's rushing ability. Uh, oh, yeah. Jalen's number one uh, in the league for fourth down. or um, Yeah, fourth down third conversions. Down. Third down conversions uh, in um, like less than a yard. So he's like quarterback sneaks. Uh, and part of that is how the Eagles do the quarterback sneak. They have two wide receivers and the running back all lined behind the quarterback, and they just push them. Uh, and, you know, Jalen's got tree trunk of thighs, so yeah. you know, it's like five or 600 pounds or something like that. So it's it's hard to stop. I mean, so when it boils down to it, if Patrick Mahomes won, I, w- I personally wouldn't be like, oh, I wouldn't be what? upset. I wouldn't be like, yeah, what? I'd be like, that happen? But, I'd be like, yeah, all right. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it was – two really good players that have been performing well. And I mean, they're both consistently playing well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not taking that away from Patrick Mahomes or anything. So if Jalen hurts wins, it's like, like awesome. If Patrick Mahomes win. Awesome. I mean, yeah. they're both deserving of the award this year. So I'm not taking anything away from either of them. There might be some bias on my end for Jalen hurts because I'm an Oklahoma fan and you know, yeah. played at Oklahoma. So, yeah, One eyes been there. I wouldn't be surprised if Mahomes wins. I wouldn't hate that Mahomes. I think this is more neck and neck week by. I think this is a week by week MVP, is what I would call it. Um, because before this, Mahomes was the clear MVP, and people were like, you know, Hurts is fighting for that number one spot for MVP, and then Mahomes goes out and throws three interceptions. He still throws almost four hundred yards, but he threw three picks, and now people are like, well, Jalen, Jalen's the clear MVP. So I think if Jalen, say, comes out and stinks it up, I don't think he will, but if he stinks it up against the Bears and Mahomes puts on a good game, then Mahomes takes over. 
And then the following week, if, you know, Jalen puts up a good game against the Cowboys and Mahomes sucks, I think, you know, Mahomes, you know, Jalen takes over. So I think this is going to really, it's kind of like a recruiting battle in high school, you know, in college. But uh, I think it's going to come down to the end, uh, the last game of the season, um, as far as uh, if the, you know, Jalen plays in the last game of the season, because they've already have, they might already have the number one seed locked up at that point. But, um, I think it's going to come down to the nitty-gritty. I think Hurts will take it, but I, like you said, I wouldn't be upset if Mahomes somehow sneaks away with it. Yeah, it's close, and like you said, I agree. It's going to be a game-by-game. Uh, game. Uh, it's going to fluctuate between the two. Mm-hmm. I really think there's anybody else. I, I, I thought Josh Allen was going to be in the mix this year, but it's been an underwhelming season uh, for the Bills overall, so – He's yeah. definitely out of it, but uh, I think it's really just them two on the pedestal right now. I don't really think there's anybody like clawing at their ankles trying to like get the into Heisman. the spotlight. Like the Heisman, yeah. like you said, it's, it's a quarterback award now, yep. uh, unfortunately. Uh, so we'll move on. Uh, man, we were wrong about Brock Purdy. Yes, we were. We were wrong. Yep. We said the 49 season. We said the 49er season was over. Now, Debo Samuel is hurt. That's a big loss. But man, did Brock Purdy look good. Yeah, so Brock Purdy looked phenomenal. Uh, Debo going down, a normal team, it would be like, ooh, that's it. But the 49ers have shown time and time again, it don't matter who goes down on that team. Bosa, uh, Lance, Garoppolo, uh, you name it. Debo, it doesn't matter who goes out on that team. They are consistent. They don't change. You can plug and piece whoever you want in there. They're still good. But I will say, regardless of them being good no matter what, it's you need to give credit where credit's due. These players are uh, at a level where it doesn't matter if you know our star wide receiver slash running back gets injured. We can plug somebody else in there, yeah. and they're just going to pop off regardless. I mean, that's insane to be able to do that. And Brock Purdy did that against the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. He showed up and showed out Tom Brady. Tom Brady looked like a amateur out yeah. there compared to Brock. I mean, Brock was everywhere. They he, first off, he destroyed the Buccaneers. Oh, absolutely. First off, the, the game started with Purdy getting destroyed right off of the rip. I mean, he got rocked, but he got right back up, and that's when the game started. I think that, you know, knocked the nerves out of them, you know, get that one hit out. And then that dude just let loose. I think, I think what it was, it was the headline, uh, Mr. Irrelevant is now Mr. Relevant. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm giving him credit where credit is due. I hate doing that because I'm a Rams fan. So this is, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I just, it feels gross saying this and giving the the 49ers and the Baker Mayfield. I geeked out. And I'm not afraid to say it, and I'm going to geek out on Monday when it happens again. But, uh, uh, which got, I hate giving the 49ers and 49 players and fans this type of uh, spotlight because, you know, divisional uh, rivalries and stuff like that. I hate it. But, uh, unfortunately, the 49ers are a damn good team. And uh, Brock Purdy is that guy, apparently. So I apologize to 49er fans and Brock Purdy. Uh, I was wrong. 
Yeah, Brock Purdy throws a, a Purdy ball. Like we we when we said that last yeah, week. Uh we said that he throws a pretty ball. Uh now when it comes down to the playoffs, I think the 49ers are good hands. I think he's a good quarterback. I you know, like we've severely underrated him. When it comes down to the playoffs, will he, he without having a lot of experience under his belt be able to overcome some of that? Uh maybe not. But he will put you guys in a, at least a fighting chance in a um a nice spot in the playoffs. And I mean Depending on who you play first in the playoffs, he could get a playoff win his his yeah. rookie year. Mister, talk about being like you said, going from Mister Irrelevant to Mister Relevant is not only taking over a, a team that thought their playoff hopes were lost, but then winning a playoff game. That'd be big, uh, big for the Forty ers And they, like you said, they do have the talent to overcome maybe some of his uh, inadequacies. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Brent Ayuk, and and uh, George Kittle and company, uh, but he does. He's definitely way better than uh, we gave him credit for. Uh, so we yep. apologize, Mr. Brock. We 100% apologize. Uh, speaking of the 49ers, let's uh, this Thursday night game, man. 49ers versus Seahawks. Let's break this down a little bit. Go into a little bit of uh, prediction slash detail on it. Do you think Brock Purdy? We just talked about him. Do you think he can overcome the Seahawks defense and Tyreek Woolen and company over there? I do. I think that the Seahawks, their momentum has really shifted uh, lately. You know, it was it was kind of the Cinderella story of the Seattle Seahawks. You know, they traded away their uh, star quarterback for a couple of picks and a couple of nobodies, yeah. and then those nobodies turned into somebodies, and they were winning games they shouldn't be winning. Uh, the team was gelling, uh, and it just looked like a really fun team to watch. But it looks like it's going downhill. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the Panthers smacked them it was, uh, last uh, week, 30 to 24. 30 to 24. So yeah. the Panthers are a team that you should not lose to if you want to make the playoffs. That is a team that just that that should have been a win. Yeah. You're at home in Seattle. The dismantled Panthers, who got rid of their coach, uh, uh, dropped Baker Mayfield, their quarterback, uh, traded away their wide receiver, traded away their number one running back. That's a team you don't lose to, but they did. So I think that the 49ers are going to—I'm not going to say dominate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say they're going to dominate. I think. Yeah, I think Brock Purdy is going to have a fantastic game based off of what we saw, because the Bucks have a good defense. Yeah. Um, you, you can't fault the Bucks for having a bad defense and saying that's why he had a good game because the Bucks have a, a good defense, <clears throat> and the Seahawks don't have as good of a defense. So I think Brock Purdy is going to put on a show. Yeah, uh, the Seahawks—they definitely, you know, they're not some slouch team. Geno Smith has been playing great. If I'm a Seahawks fan, yes. I'm very happy. And to be honest, if I'm a Seahawks fan, you know, he's our quarterback for next year, and we build around Geno. But the 49ers are just absolutely low. They're, they're like when it comes to Alabama where, like, a five-star guy goes down and then another five-star guy just goes, hey, it's my time to shine. You know, yeah. the 49ers are that and as far as depth. The 49ers' depth uh, from all aspects, corner, safety, linebacker, they have, you know, they have Fred Warner, uh, defensive line, offensive line, they have, you know, Trent Williams, uh receivers everything i mean you look at their quarterback they're on their third quarterback and still winning games 
So the depth for the 49ers is ridiculous, and I think uh, that the 49ers will win. I don't want to count the Seahawks. You know, again, Geno Smith is playing really good. Uh, I just, to me, the 49ers are going to take that game, and uh, there's just no. I, I just can't convince myself that the Seahawks are winning that game. Yeah, the 49ers have proven time and time again that they can be put into a corner, and they can be. Uh, they can have all these roadblocks thrown in front of them, and they're plowing right through them. Like, yeah. oh, our star quarterback, or not star, but our starting quarterback goes down. You know, oh, all playoff hopes are gone. And wrong. Oh the no, our do have the number one defense in the league. So yeah, I, their defense is insane. Yeah, and their offensive weapons are also insane. Yeah. So if we go to. Where's the total offense? Two yards per game. The 49ers are nine in the league. Seattle is 13th. And then you tie in again. We just said the 49ers have the number one total defense in the in the league uh, per TeamRankings.com, which breaks down every every team and every aspect. So definitely a good site to use if you guys are looking for stats and uh, trying to win your arguments with your friends. But uh, I. The 49ers are just a more complete team to me. Uh, they they score they score they have what, more ways to score. Kyle Shanahan is a great uh, offensive mind. No, not taken away from Pete Carroll. I just mm. I get, again, guys, uh, the booth the booth nation out there. It, it's got to be the the 49ers. I'm still petitioning for Pete Carroll to get fired. Ooh, we got some potential beef. What's the beef there? What's, what is the beef oh. there with Pete Carroll, man? I just don't think he's right for the Seattle Seahawks anymore. My man I think it's time for him to move on. My man sounds like the uh, the jealous friend who's sitting there like, you you need to leave him, all right? Yeah. You've been spending way too much time with him. And then he's like, but he treats yeah. and, and then he's like, but he treats me good. You know, he takes me out every Friday and makes sure he's my – my hair's done. My nails are done. He takes me on a nice fancy day. Leave mm-hmm. his ass. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Leave him. So I am that guy. Yeah. He he said it's like you're taking you're taking away from taking away from me. Our time. Yes. My man sounds like a jealous ex over there. He's not. I don't. He's not even your ex because he didn't coach Oklahoma. No. And he didn't no. coach <laughs> the Rams. So. <laughs> yes, I just. I don't like Pete Carroll. I just. I think that the Seahawks could get a much better head coach. Uh, that's just. I think the time for him and uh, Seattle is gone. I think it's been time for him to dip out, like the past three seasons. That or yeah. maybe the Ford, Maybe the Seahawks uh, nation. Maybe he goes down to Denver and. No, Does whatever he think, did with Russell Wilson. I think him and Russell broke that. That bridge has been burnt. Um, there was reports that they weren't getting along in Seattle, and that was the reason why Russell wanted out. So, are you ready for these game predictions? I'm ready. All right, ready. Okay, then, go ahead and I got the music playing. Go ahead and go into telling everyone to subscribe. All right, everybody. If you're watching, if you're listening, if you are catching our TikToks at the end of the week, whatever it is, please make sure you like, follow, subscribe, comment, and tune in every week on Tuesday. We try to do it at 7 or 8. We're going to try and do it at 7 uh, every week on Tuesdays. Uh, Make sure you just follow, like, and subscribe. We love to hear from you as long as you're respectful. And uh, 
you engage in a conversation worth uh, responding to. We don't take disrespectful comments lightly, and uh, we think everybody deserves to be uh, talked to with respect. So make sure you go out there and drop some questions or comments. There we go. All right, so we just predicted the game that's coming up on Thursday. Uh, we said the 49ers are taking that one. You have you have your sheet. I called the Lions. I called the Lions, man. You they're did. Not, they're not you letting did. me down. They're not you letting did. me down. And it helped you because we are now sitting at 15 and 14. I am one ahead. There we go, the Lions, baby. Actually, hold on, hold on. Let me – give me one second. There's one game I did not account for. Let me go back and see what we got going on here. And the officials go to dun, the Are you ready for the updated? Let me hear it. We are sitting at 15 and 15. We are all tied up. It is tied up. What a comeback. Call me Captain Comeback Tom Brady of the booth with Taylor and Brandon to show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting here on the booth with Kim Kardashian. What? You said it was comeback season. <laughs> My man pulled an Andy, Andy uh, from uh, Dwyer. Andy Dwyer from the Parks and Rec. <laughs> you did not just say that. <laughs> We said some what? wild things on this show, but I think you're getting the RG three level, man. What, <laughs> what do you What do you mean? I'm I'm saying that she has been put in some situations where you know she was down and on, you know, bad luck, and now she's a fairly popular and respected uh, clothing designer. So you know, it's a comeback. Okay. All right. We'll go. What are you that. talking about? Okay. You know, we're going <laughs> to, all right, uh, we're going to have, we'll start with the, uh, the, <laughs> we'll go with Saturday games. We got, we got some, we got some games on Saturday this week. That's pretty crazy. Um, all right, we'll go with the Colts and Vikings. Tell your dad, I'm sorry, Vikings. Hey dad, I'm sorry, Vikings for me as well. <laughs> I know I said I was riding with them, but now it's tied up. I can't. Can't make these foolish mistakes anymore. They've been hurting you the past couple weeks. All right. Um, yeah. The Ravens versus Browns. I'm going Ravens, even if Lamar doesn't start, which I think he should and will. But if he doesn't, I'm still taking Ravens because even with Deshaun Watson back, it's just. He's been playing all right. He's not playing, been playing great. I mean, Brissette, they to played... me, is playing better. But... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say they played better with him than they were with Watson, but. Granted, Watson's two years removed, so. Yeah. He should be pretty loose, though, with all those massages. See, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you, can't, you make those jokes, but I can't make the Kim K one? Come on, now. This is bias. Up there. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Blasphemy. I'll take, I'll take the Browns here. I'll take right. the split. Uh, I'll trust in Deshaun Watson this week. Uh, especially if Lamar doesn't play. Although J.K. Dobbins has been playing great, but all right, we have the Dolphins versus Bills. I'm gonna take the Bills. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. I think I'm gonna go with the Bills as well. 
Tua did not play good against the Chargers. Against Mr. Social Media quarterback. So I'm going to go Bills as well. Uh, something just looks off. Uh, I think that when he doesn't have time in the pocket, we see the true... Like, I think Tua is a good quarterback, but we see the true Tua. Uh, for the most part of the league, our year, he has not really had any pressure. And I think that's starting to turn around. I think teams are starting to figure it out how to get after him. I think it's... I mean, I could be wrong here, but I think it's more of... I think there's a little bit of fear... I mean, the dude had like back to back to back to back to back to back concussions. Yeah. And then he also had the ankle injury. I think it's every time he gets pressured, the offensive line collapses and then he just gets injured. I mean, I'd be fearful. I still think the Dolphins are a playoff team, no doubt. But Yeah, absolutely. And if they aren't, I don't care what year two I had, you got to look for another quarterback because you got the talent that the Dolphins have and don't make the playoffs. Uh, that's a major red flag to me. They, I guarantee you they will not. Okay, you got a guarantee. So we'll both take the bills there. All right. Uh, we didn't talk about this because this was more recent, as I saw on the Twitter line before we even got on the show. Marcus Mariota got benched for Ritter, and Mariota has left the team. He hasn't been at practices. What? He has not been at practices. He has not been in the facility, and no one's really <laughs> been in contact with him. He just quit. Like, he's quit football. At, you at will see that man taking uh, Robert Griffin, the third spot on the panel. Yeah. So, um, can Ritter get his first start, first win, his first start against the Saints? I can see that. I mean, they're both disheveled teams. Uh, no pits, new starting quarterback versus terrible quarterback. I'll take the Falcons. I'll run with it. Taking the Falcons. All right. Uh, Something in my gut says take the Falcons, but I'm going to take the Saints just for the, the sake of the bet. I already knew that. I literally already wrote that down before you gave me your decision. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just one of those games that it really is a toss-up. Like, there's two bad teams, so I might as well take that that split. Can't go wrong. Uh, we have the well, you Steelers. can. I'm picking the wrong team. Yeah, picking the wrong team. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Steelers and the Panthers. Kenny Pickett is hurt. Uh, Mitch Trubisky comes back. Uh, the great Mitch Trubisky. The, Taking the Steelers with the goat. <clears throat> All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Panthers. Then. Uh, they just came off a good win um, against Seattle. Uh, Brian Burns is playing great. JC Horn is the number one corner technically, statistically this year. Um, at this point, since his comeback from injury, uh, C, uh, CJ Henderson, the former first round corner that came over from Jacksonville, is playing great. Uh, nice little duo there in. Uh, Carolina. So I'm going to take the Panthers. Uh, we have the uh, Eagles versus Bears. Duh, Eagles. I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm kidding. The Eagles. <laughs> I already got you locked in. We're taking first answers here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm going with the Eagles there. How do I get an edge up here? Yeah. Um, Chiefs, Texans. Hard one. <laughs> Chiefs, baby. I'm taking Chiefs as well. That should be pretty easy. This one. I mean, if it was against the Cowboys, this I'd give one, me a different answer. Yeah, we're getting ready to talk about the Cowboys. This one is a chance. So, Trevor Lawrence has been playing well. They played the Jags. Trevor Lawrence put 300 plus yards, had a 70% completion percentage, three touchdowns, 
I mean, he was waving the swagger he brought. He was waving bye to the fans, um, to the Titans fans. <clears throat> I'm going to take the Jags over the Cowboys. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I, I still think that the Cowboys are below the Eagles, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I don't see the Cowboys taking a back loss back. after or... a game like they had against the Texans. I mean, it was a tough game. I think they bounced back and handle the Jags. I think the Jag- Jags will put up a, uh, a fight, a good game, but I think the Cowboys will edge out. Yeah. yeah. And don't let our recent, like, spat. Like, the Cowboys <clears throat> are good this year. I'm not going to sit there as an Eagles fan and say the Cowboys are trash. They're not. They're a good team this year. Uh, we just had some things to get off our chest with that, you know, the commenter. So Just don't be disrespectful. Don't be disrespectful. But, yeah, I'll take the Jags just because Trevor Lawrence came off a great game. I think the, they have a they really have a bright future. Trevor Lawrence is easily the best quarterback in that class. Yes. Um, he has completely done 180, and uh, he's looking like the quarterback that they drafted. Having a good coach makes a huge difference, by the way. Yeah, we I look mean, at Justin Fields and Matt Nagy. When Matt Nagy got now, fired, he's he's flipped the switch. I hope that I don't know where Matt Nagy is right now, but I hope that man is nowhere ever near another football team for the rest of his life. Yeah. Ever. I mean, for, Fields in, is still, I don't care if he's a water boy or anything. <laughs> Fields He'll is still struggling with his throwing from here here and there. He's more more of a scrambler right now, but he's no. been playing pretty good football. Yes. Uh and then we have the Lions versus the Jets, and apparently the Lions are sold on Jared Goff. They are very happy and they think he might be the quarterback of the future. So who knows? Maybe CJ Stroud or Bryce Young don't go to the Lions. We see maybe a yeah. defensive player there or an offensive lineman to help secure that offensive line, but they need defensive players. So maybe you see a Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Uh, who you got, Lions or Jets? I'm going to take the Lions. I'm sold on them. I took the Vikings <laughs> over the Lions. Uh, I mean, it was odd. I mean, the the weird thing about it was the Vikings were the underdog in that game. The Lions were favored, which blew my mind. But it's it they ended up being correct. I, I guess so, but uh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm taking the Lions. I, uh, it kind of makes me uh, want to take the Jets. It's just weird. To see if you're the curse for the Lions. Like, <laughs> if I'm good luck to the Lions. Maybe, maybe I am. But uh, I'm going to take the Lions as well. I think they go. They finally reach 500 to go seven and seven. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mike White got hurt. Uh, he did. He has rib yeah. injury. Yes, yeah, but he so, is slated to play. He's slated to play, but with that injury, I just he's not 100. percent So I, I'm going to take the Lions. Mind you, he did play the entire game. He <laughs> he went out, got checked, went back in, and finished the game. No, he so. he is a he's tough man. He's a good quarterback. Um, all right, we have the Cardinals versus the Broncos. All I heard was Broncos, so I'm taking whoever they're playing. Cardinals. Cardinals. Oh, <laughs> without Kyler Murray, they're going to go Colt McCoy. They had a lot of injuries outside of Kyler, I believe. Yeah. That's doo-doo pie versus doo-doo stew right there. Yeah. I'm going to ride with them. Broncos. Broncos country, let's ride. I'm going to go with Colt McCoy and the Cardinals. Uh, the times that Colt McCoy has come in, he's put up 200-plus yards. He played, Very he, true. He's played, Very true. He's played good. And I need him to get D-Hop some points for this fantasy week. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Last week of the regular season, man, for fantasy. Trying yep. to go out with a bang. All right. Uh, Trying to stay in these playoffs, baby. Yes, sir. Uh, we. Well, I'm locked to the playoffs, even if I lose. Uh, yeah, you are. I, I, I take a loss. I think I'm, I'm bumped. But I'm sitting at three, so. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we Everybody the, counted me out at the beginning of the season, but here I am. The Patriots versus Raiders. Patriots. I'm going to take Raiders. I'll take the Raiders. I don't believe in Derek Carr, but, you know, I'll take the Raiders. I, I just, I don't believe in Matt. Patriots looked nice Matt. last night. They did. Dude, once they got, once I got stuff going, they look good. Uh, you know what? They did. But uh, I'm team Zappy, man. Like, you know, team Edward T. Jake, uh, Jacob or whatever from Twilight. I'm team Zappy. Yeah. All right. Zappy needs to go somewhere else. I think he would make a, a great addition. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are like would make like Jordan Love. We talked about you know Bay- Bailey yep. Zappy that um, they're still chanting Zappy. They I think they again at the game the other night they were chanting Zappy to put Zappy in. <clears throat> um, yeah. So everybody likes there. change, man. Yep. Titans Chargers. Chargers. All right. Uh, I'm gonna take the Chargers as well. <clears throat> and then we have the Bengals versus the Bucks. Take the Bengals. Same. Uh, the Giants versus the Commanders, both seven five and one. I will take the. I'll take the Giants. Yeah, I think I like the Giants more than the Commanders right now, uh, as well. Then we have the Rams versus Packers is our last game. Rams. Rams. Let them bake. Uh, I want to pick your team, man. I want to believe in Baker. I'm going to go Packers. I'm going to split. Okay. Douche. <laughs> I'll be rooting for the Rams. And I, you know, I hope I'm eating my words, but I'm going to go with the Packers just for the sake of our bet. Gotcha. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, who were the Eagles playing again? Let me switch my I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the Bears, the rival of the Packers. Uh, I'm kidding. I think the Bears are going to be a sneaky team, man. I think they I think they really are going to be a sneaky team against the uh, the Eagles, but we'll see. We shall see. Guys, that is the show. Taylor, I'm going to let you do the outro here. So Hold on. What happened to the music? Did I play the whole not Merry Christmas. What is this? All right. Jingle bells, jingle there bells, we go, Taylor, jingle all the way. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate all your comments, whether they're negative or positive. As long as they're respectful, we will always appreciate them. We will always try our best to reply. Uh, we appreciate DMs on Twitter. Uh, if you can on TikTok, if we're following you, we'll take DMs also. Uh, if you'd like, you can drop comments on our YouTube videos, our YouTube shorts. Uh, we like to jump in, uh, engage with the fans or people who don't like us and just want to talk crap about what we've said. You know, we're fine with that, too. We love talking to you guys. Uh, we appreciate everybody that's tuning in live. Uh, we appreciate everybody who listens on Spotify. And uh, get into it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and for everybody that is listening, if you have not yet, please go over to Twitter. Give us a follow. And make sure you be on the lookout for later tonight. There will be a giveaway posted for a slew of cards. One is a PSA 
uh, graded nine. So be on the lookout. It's like between like seven and ten cards for one giveaway. One person's taking them all. Uh, all you're gonna have to do is like the tweet, share it, follow us. That's it. Then you get entered into the giveaway. Uh, it'll probably last about a week, and then we'll go ahead and pick a winner. So make sure you go over there, follow, be on the lookout. Thank you again, everybody. That's it. We're out. Peace. All right, peace out.